This, this scripture is called, you shall receive power. Acts 1 verse 8, uh, but you shall receive power. And when I said, I'm gonna talk about but God, well, there's the first but, but you shall receive power. Now, <clears throat> power is, uh, there's two words for power in the New Testament. One means authority, the other means explosive. Exousia and dunamis. One is the authority of a policeman standing on a busy road, stopping a truck. You've got that authority against the devil. You can say, stop to the devil and he will obey you because you are in charge. God has given you power of all the power of the enemy. If you've got stuff going on in your life, don't be calling the pastor. Don't even be asking God, God, stop this. You stop it. You've got power. Say, stop, devil, get off my, my land. By the blood of Jesus, by the name of Jesus, stop. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It does not say, let God resist the devil. He's already neutralized the devil through the cross. You've got authority. You stand up and you say stop to all the works of the enemy that are trying to take over your life. That's one kind of power. The second kind of power is energy. It's explosive. It's dunamis, the Greek word, from where we get the word dynamo and dynamite, which are both self-perpetuating energies. And once they blow up, boom, and you've got that power on the inside of you. The problem is we get drained. We get drained by all kinds of things and that's why coming to church every week is so important. Because you worship, you pray, you, you hear the Word and you get filled up, right? It's, it's, it's a good feeling when you're going out of a gas station because guys with our egos, we just like to drive that car until the needle's going ding, 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 ding on empty. And we think, I can do it. I can get another five mile out of this thing. And, and you go, tuk, 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 chug into the petrol can, fill it up. And how good is that feeling? When you drive, you go, oh. You just feel like you can go for so much longer. That's, I see some believers, tuck, 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 into church. Oh, I made it. I said, I can make another week. But generally that tank will only last at a connect group. You get into Canagri or the prayer meeting. And, and, and we constantly need strength for the day. And so to, to, to come to the Lord, wait on the Lord, you, you renew strength. And the things that drain you, you need to stop being around the things that actually do drain you. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you really believe in vampires or not. I do because I've met people who suck the life out of you. You know, they're just, <laughs> right? Vampire people. You, you just start talking to them and, oh, golly. It's, it's just, it's, there's something about the way they, and if you are in the wrong position as in terms of ministry and calling in life, that's very draining. My nourishment is to do the things I'm called to do. I get energized by preaching. I get energized by leadership. I get energized when I'm teaching pastors and training churches and doing that. But you put me in a counseling room. Oh. If you have a problem, don't come to see me. You will be worse at the end of the session than at the start. I, I, it, when I hear a person's problem, they think it's a problem. I have no mercy, I'm so sorry. I, I would counsel them like this. I'd say, go to bed by half past 10. They want some deep and meaningful therapeutic, oh, I don't know, you know. 
Because most people's problems happen after half past 10. They take drugs, they get pregnant, they do all sorts of things after half past 10. Right? Just go to bed before half past 10. You're going to be okay. It's, 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 uh, yeah, so, but I did have a, when I was first a pastor, I remember a woman coming in uh, who wanted some counseling. I thought, oh, I'm a pastor. I have to counsel people or visit them in the hospital or, or, or have, do weddings and funerals. I did all those things, but I hated them all. <laughs> hated them. I'd do a wedding and I'd get the words all mixed up. I'd say, welcome to the funeral. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, not a good, it's not a good deal. And then I'd call them by the wrong names. The people we buried last week, I'd be calling them by that name this week. So I don't do anything. I, I run a church, but I don't, I don't do weddings, funerals, baby dedications or anything. I mean, the babies. I mean, the mother thinks they're beautiful. But honestly, some babies, you got to admit, it doesn't look right. You know, is it like, so what do you do? I mean, I just say, there's a baby. And... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it's like the pastoral thing. It's either, I don't know, it's just, it's just there. This woman started talking to me. Instantly, the annoying thing left me. I go, oh, God. Oh, I feel so exhausted. I'm leaning on the desk. I felt so tired, I went to sleep. I had to hide my eyes so she couldn't see they were closed. It looked like I was deeply listening to her. But I wasn't, I was sleeping. The amazing thing is when I woke up, she was still talking. You know, I was like, I'm not built for it. There are people who are. They've got that tilt. The empathetic tilt. You got them, they go, how are you? It's like a can opener. Oh God, I'm so bad. I know. That's what I feel like on the inside. So I'm fine. That's what I answer. I avoid those people all the time. So, so it's like the things that drain you are things that you really need to, to get rid of. Now Isaiah 64 verse five says, God meets with him who rejoices. You got that? God meets with him who rejoices. So I found, I have found that complaining does not attract the presence of God. Thankfulness and praise does, but not complaining. So Chris and I have had three children. Uh, they were fantastic kids until they turned two. <laughs> and then they developed that nasal twang, right? I don't want to get them in. I don't want to eat the broken line. Okay, so you're in the you're in the, you're in the supermarket, okay, and they're pulling on your dress. You're trying to look cool and calm. This little thing with fluid coming out of every hole in its head. Before I go any further, I just need to clear something up. I don't have a dress. Uh, 
So, so the deal is, you're the South Campus people, right? They told me you're intelligent. So you know what to do. You have another one. Now you've got two of these little things. And they're both sitting in the back seat of the car, looking at each other. Don't look out my window. That's my window. They're pulling my hair. Stop pulling my hair. I'll punch you. You got this whining, whining, whining in the back seat. <sighs> South Campus. Smart people. You have another one. You just can't stop. So there's these three things in the back seat of your car. You go to McDonald's. What were you thinking? You come out of the takeaway. There's milkshakes on the top of this new little one. It's just a tiny thing. It's got French fries in its ears. It's, yeah, I know. And this is even on the way to church. It's like, here you are. Well, God, front seat, seven billion people in the back seat. I don't like you, I'm gonna bomb you, I'm gonna shoot you. All these whining people in the back seat. It is no wonder he says, I will meet with him who rejoices. I'm gonna meet with people of faith. I'm gonna meet with people who got joy. I'm gonna meet with people who are overcomers. I'm gonna meet with people who forgive. I'm gonna meet with people who are singing and joyful in their hearts, worshiping God. Yeah, so you gotta know what drains you. Complaining drains you. It's gonna take it out of you. Replace your complaining with praising. Thankfulness. When you're tempted to complain and you hear that, that dreaded rat on the inside of you going, I know, I'm a guy, man. Anthony Robbins says, awake the giant within. Phil Pringle says, slap the weasel within. No. Oh. Kill that thing. Whining little weasel. It drains you. Another thing that drains me is, is anger. Now, I'm, I'm not really an angry person. Quite mild, ask my wife, you know, but there is one thing. You could ask her about this too. It does trigger me. Road rage, right? The road rage thing is, 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 is a thing. For, I just get the flash. It's another time I lose the anointing. You know, just, boom. And it, can't, it generally happens when I'm sitting at a set of lights and they're red. I look down, I'm just trying to change something and they turn green while I'm looking down. It's only like half a second, but the guy behind, oh. Now there's a whole honk language, you know that. There's, there's the honk language when you, you're arriving at your friend's home, honk, 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 we're here. And, and then there's the grandparents honk when they're leaving, honk, 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 we're leaving. <laughs> there's, there's, there's all kinds of honks. There's the honk when your team's won, honk, 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 honk. You, you know, you're, you, you, whatever. They got up, you know, yeah, your guys. But then there's that honk. I mean, it travels through the back seat, hits you in the, oh. I look in that rear view mirror. I think, no, I'm not moving. I'm not going. 
I open the door. I'm walking around the back. I pop that trunk. I got my crowbar. I'm smashing lights in my head. I look up. Oh, shoot, it's a church member. That's right. It's Sunday morning. We're just going to church. I'm on the turn off into church. Hi. <laughs> that drains me. Anger. If you care in anger, it drains you. But I want to talk about one thing that was going to drain you. And, uh, and then we're, we're, we're kind of coming to a close. Isaiah 43 verse 22. I want to take you there and, and understand how to recharge your life in the presence of God. Recharging is so important. I have a whole culture of recharging. I get in the car, I plug my phone in. I go to bed and I put my watch out, get the phone in, get the computer. I mean, there's so many things. And you need to recharge because all these things are useless if the battery's not up. And it's like all of us, we're useless if our energy is not up there. If you're exhausted, all the time. And I know people in the day's world, they're exhausted with such a deep exhaustion. They think a holiday is going to fix it, but it doesn't. Because the exhaustion is deeper than physical. It's a mental exhaustion. It's like, I'm tired. I'm, I'm just not coping anymore. I'm at my wit's end. Normally I'd be able to cope with all sorts of things, but people just ask me how I am. Like, what do you think you are? I'm just blowing up. It's not me. It's the worst version of me but there's a better version of you. And when you plug in, you recharge. But the beautiful thing about recharging these days is that silently in the night, while it's plugged in, it downloads an upgrade. And God wants to upgrade your entire operating system. And you read what the, I mean, virtually none of us read what is there, even though you press, I've read everything. Apple has made liars out of us all. <laughs> Click the box. I have read and agreed to everything. <laughs> Bang. Proceed. I consent. Submit. Go ahead. I want the upgrade. Why? Because it's got bug fixes. Thank you, Jesus. It's got faster performance. <whistles> yeah. It's got all kinds of increased power and operating. So when you plug in in prayer, you build up your faith in the Holy Spirit. This last thing that I'm going to talk about that drains you, it is, it is a serious difficulty in people's lives. In verse four, uh, chapter 43, verse 22, But you haven't called on me, O Jacob, and you've been weary of me, O Israel. You're not praying because you're kind of tired. You're religiously tired. You haven't brought me the sheep for your burnt offering. You haven't brought anybody along to church. Nor have you honoured me with your sacrifice. You haven't really put your hand up for volunteering. You haven't said, you know, I want to do something that's inconvenient. I haven't caused you to serve with great offerings, nor wearied you with incense. You brought me no sweet cane with money. I mean, you, the offerings, I mean, you just do it because you're obligated, but it's not a really sweet attitude. Neither have you satisfied me with the fat of your, I mean, giving me the best. But you burdened me with your sins. You wearied me with your iniquities. I even I am who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. For put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. 
This is a, a very, very enlightening piece of scripture. This is saying that God is saying, listen, you're weary. I understand that. You're tired because you keep burdening me with your sins. You keep talking about your bad mistakes. You keep thinking about all the terrible things you did. And you, you come to me and I keep hearing this day in and day out. You go, God, I did that thing so long ago. Oh God, I wish I didn't do that. I'm so sorry. Oh, it was 10 years ago. Oh God, it was a Tuesday night. It was seven o'clock. Oh, it's so clear in my mind. Oh, please forgive me. God says, sweetheart, when, when was that again? What happened? You know what happened? Um, give me the time. He's looking. The, the date again? Yeah. Sorry. No record up here of that ever happening. You, you confessed at once. You gotta understand, repentance is a doorway. It's not a living room. You don't live there. You, you walk through it and you forget it. You forget it. You forget it. You forget it. Stop thinking about all your sins, all your mistakes, all your failures, all your faults, all the bad things. The negative thinking that you've got is wearing you out. You're exhausted thinking about it. But the worst thing about that is that God is exhausted. He says, I am tired of listening to the endless confession of mistakes. It de-energizes me. He says, so you know what? I'm gonna blot out your transgressions for my sake, because I am sick of hearing about them. I don't wanna know about all your mistakes. I'm worn out. It's tiring heaven. Jesus had to go on a holiday, for goodness sake. The angels are all drooping. Sitting around the pool. Everybody's tired up here. Put me in remembrance. You think you've got a bad memory? You've got a bad forgettery. You remember the things you should forget and you forget the things you should remember. God says, I want to fight. I want to fight you. He says, let's contend together. Come on, bring it on. State your case that you may be acquitted. I want to fight, but I want you to win. So come on, let's have a fight where you think I'm accusing you. You think I'm condemning you. You think I've got all sorts of standards against you and I'm making you guilty. State your case. And your case is that Jesus Christ has imputed perfect righteousness to you. So that when you walk before God, it's like Jesus walking before God. And Jesus has said that when Phil comes, I want you to receive him like it was me, Father. And when, when I die, I want you to treat me like I was him. So I'm gonna take his sin and he's gonna take my righteousness. That's called salvation, people. That's what you need to remember. That's what you need to not forget. You have been forgiven. Your sins are wiped out. Stop letting it exhaust you and tie you to the bow. You are a set free person. In Jesus' name. That religious crowd love to make you feel guilty. 
Then they can manipulate you any which way. Thank God we're not a religious crowd. We're here to invite you into a relationship, beautiful relationship with Jesus. So you walk with Him till the end of your days. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 